بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين اللهم أخرجني من ظلمات البحر وأكرمني بنور الفهم اللهم افتح علينا أبواب رحمتك وانشر علينا خزائن علومك برحمتك يا رحمة In this semester, this is our second session on akhlaq, but it's the third semester on akhlaq as a whole. And what we have been trying to do was to explain what is the most fundamental value in Islam. And our conclusion has been that the most central, fundamental value is truthfulness. So for several sessions, we have been discussing about truth, about haq, truthfulness, different meaning of said, and all these things. Now, inshallah, I want to speak about another important concept, which some ulama have introduced as the most central value in Islam. And then we want to see what is the relation between this and truthfulness. Okay? Ayatullah Mutahari rahmatullah alayh May Allah elevate his status and the status of all our ulama who have great rights over us. He says the major value, the central value in Islamic ethics is karama, is dignity, is honor. And he says the more research I do the more study I make, I become more convinced that in Islam, everything is made in order to achieve karama, or perhaps strengthen and increase our karama, our honor and dignity. And he is one of the scholars who has discussed about karama maybe more than other people. This may look contradicting what we said, that the most central value is truthfulness. But it doesn't contradict. And actually, inshallah, I will explain. Actually, this is confirming what we said. It's another way of saying the same thing. But first of all, I very much appreciate that he has identified one core value as the central value in Islamic ethics, because not every scholar has done this. Normally, we are given a list of values or 
if they have classified them, they have classified them into three, four categories. But this is very much uh, appreciated that Ayatollah Mutahari, with his deep insight and knowledge, he's giving us karama as the core value in Islam. It's very helpful. And it has lots of uh, advantages when you have been given one core value, as we explained last week. It helps you with prioritizing, with you know solving different issues at one go. Anyway, so it's very much appreciated. Now, inshallah, trusting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, asking his guidance, we will explain karama in Islam, and then we will explain the relation between karama and truthfulness. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in a very famous hadith said innama bu'ithtu li'utammima makarim al-akhlaq I have been raised ba'ath means to raise to resurrect yeah to appoint innama bu'ithtu I have been sent I have been raised only Innama, because Innama is Adatul Hasr, shows exclusiveness. I have been raised by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a prophet in order to complete noble traits of character. Okay, I have been raised to complete, to accomplish noble traits of character. What can we understand from this hadith? First of all, this shows that the main task, the main mission of the Prophet was morality, was ethics, was spirituality. Yeah, that's the major task. The Prophet's mission was to help people with their traits of character. It was not even with correction of their actions. Because if you sort out the traits of character, the actions will be sorted out automatically. You remember we had discussion in the first semester about the relation between action and quality. Yeah? Rasulullah was sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to fix problems with traits of character. Unfortunately, we as educators, as trainers, as teachers, as scholars, as parents, sometimes we only focus on correcting actions and not traits of character. And then the problem is that because the problem is not fundamentally sorted out and you are just dealing with the surface, Okay, then your impact would be temporary. If you develop in your trainee, in your children, for example, the concept of truthfulness, 
then this will manifest itself in many, many actions. But if you just ask them not to tell lies, so it means you are focusing only on action, then if they are not truthful, so maybe in front of you they don't tell lies. Or they tell lies so professionally that you don't understand. <laughs> But when it comes to other areas of life or when it comes to other issues, like for example giving promise, making promise and keeping their promise, other issues, they may not be truthful. Or they may not bother about finding out the truth. Anyway, it's very important to fix the actions. If you say, for example, to your child, when you see a poor person, feed him. Okay, this is a good action. But then, if he doesn't see a poor person, or if he sees a poor person who is not hungry, but he doesn't have dress, he doesn't have education, because you have fixed your training only on one action, then he would not do other things. But if you were training him to be a charitable person, to be a benevolent person, then you don't need to tell him what to do with this poor person or with this hungry person or with this person without dress or without education. All the good actions would come naturally. Anyway, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam First of all, had a mission which is mostly a matter of akhlaq. First. Second, he says that Allah sent me to accomplish and complete noble traits of character. So the focus is on what? Traits of character. Third, he says noble traits of character. Not good traits of character. He could have said, إِنَّمَا بُعِثْتُ لِأُتَمِّمَ مَحَاسِنَ الْأَخْلَاقِ But he didn't say مَحَاسِنَ الْأَخْلَاقِ He said مَكَارِمَ الْأَخْلَاقِ There's a difference between مَحَاسِنُ الْأَخْلَاقِ and مَكَارِمُ الْأَخْلَاقِ Especially if you read hadith about makarum al-akhlaq and the examples which are given, you can understand the difference very clearly. If someone has done good to you, you should reciprocate. You should do good to that person. Okay? So if someone does good to you, hal jazaul ihsan illa al-ihsan. You should do good. If you don't do good, you have failed in having a good trait of character, okay? But if someone has wronged you, what should you do? Mahasinul akhlaq doesn't say anything here. So he has not done good to you, so you don't need to do good to him. But if you are in a level which is higher, the level of makarimul akhlaq, then you say, I do good to the person who has wronged me. Sell man qata'ak. Someone has not visited you. When you were ill, he didn't come to see you. When your, I don't know, 
family member passed away, he didn't come to the funeral. Okay? So he was not a person who was observing the relation of kinship or friendship. You should go and visit him. Don't say, now, alhamdulillah, he needs me and I'm not going to see him. To give him a lesson. No. Don't give such lessons to people. <laughs> if you want to give lessons to people, when they have not come and visited you, go and visit them so that they can take a lesson. Otherwise, people don't need such lessons. They know them by themselves, those things. If someone has denied you help, man haramak. Haramak means he has denied help. He has deprived you. Okay? You and go and give him. Even don't wait for him to come and ask. Okay? You were in need of money, desperately in need of money. You went to him and said, you know, could you give me some money as loan? He said no. Now, you should look for an opportunity to give him. Even don't wait for him to come and ask. Because for him, it would be very embarrassing to come and ask you. If you are a Karim person, if you are an honorable person, you don't want people to be embarrassed by asking you. Okay? A Karim is the one who doesn't wait people coming and asking him. Is it clear or not? So, Makharimul Akhlaq means you go beyond the stage of reciprocating. You go beyond the stage of expecting a return or an initial good coming from a, another party. Makarimul Akhlaq means you are such a, a good person, honorable person, that you just want to give out. You want to follow the example of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is Kareem. If Allah is Kareem, okay, shouldn't we also try to be Kareem? How is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helping people? Is Allah helping people because they have helped him in the past? So Allah says, okay, now I have to reciprocate. Or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving without anything receiving from us. So the third point is that Rasulullah is saying makarimul akhlaq. Not mahasanul akhlaq. Means Rasulullah is trying to take us to a very high level, very advanced level. Anything that we do is in order to help this world to be a better world, to be a moral world. Okay? Sometimes this needs some difficult exercise. It may need combating poverty, it may mean, uh, need combating ignorance, it may need combating injustice, it may need militant exercise, because jihad has many different branches. It's not just militant jihad. But anyway, you struggle in order to bring justice, peace, kindness, prosperity to this world. 
Okay, so uh, actually yesterday I was explaining this in a class that Islam has not come for jihad. Jihad is something that can be needed in order to achieve our main purpose. Like for example, a doctor may sometimes advise you of going for a surgery. Or you say we should have an injection or we should cut off your leg for example. But you shouldn't think that this is the mission of doctors. They have come in order to inject or to cut off our organs. If you think of a doctor like this, then you think the doctor is a butcher. Okay? If someone thinks Islam is a dean of war, it's like thinking a doctor is a butcher. Doctor is not a butcher and Islam is not a dean of war. Islam is a religion of peace, of education, of akhlaq. But sometimes, maybe we have no choice other than doing some little surgery. And we should try to keep it as minimum as possible, as the last resort, and with feeling pain, not enjoying. If someone enjoys killing people, he is not mujahid. He is not a mu'min. It seems that some people enjoy, unfortunately. Some, you know, these terrorists. This is not something that you do it as your choice or something that you do it because you like it. Anyway. Yeah. Yes. Everything is to help you with your taqwa. Salat is for taqwa. Fasting is for taqwa. And taqwa means what? Means purity. But Rasulullah is here, this is another point, is also emphasizing on the role of interpersonal relations. Because Makarimul Akhlaq most of the time manifests in what? In relation between people. Yeah? If a person is living on his own or her own in a cave, for example, or cell, then there is not that much chance of talking about makarimul akhlaq. If no one is there to bother you or you know annoy you or you know deny help, then you are not tested with respect to makarimul akhlaq. Okay? So when it's individual ethics, makarimul akhlaq does not become very obvious. And Islam is a religion which very much tries to also fix our social problems. Islam is very social, you know, uh, socially oriented. Not in the sense that ignores individuals, but in the sense that gives lots of emphasis to society and social life. So this is another point about this hadith. The other point about this hadith is that Rasulullah doesn't say, I have come to teach makarimul akhlaq. Teaching is not very difficult. Establishing 
making sure that people observe it's more difficult so rasulullah didn't come just to give us some lessons and some theories and then say i did my job rasulullah wanted to make sure that these makarimul akhlaq are established okay when he says doesn't mean just to teach he wanted to also demonstrate in his behavior and also behavior of those who follow him this is another point the other point is that rasulullah didn't start this it was not that the previous prophets didn't do anything about this and rasulullah started from the scratch he says means he came to complete the job to finish the job so all the prophets have come in order to help us with these noble traits of character but rasulullah came to give the final lessons and also to demonstrate and establish them okay so karam makarimul akhlaq is something which is very much related to the mission of the prophet to the message of islam so this is one very strong evidence that one can use supporting the idea of ayatollah mutahari that islam has come for karama for honor and dignity but also there are more arguments so i am going to discuss briefly the issue of dignity in islam very briefly those who want more inshallah can listen to the lectures we had in the months of ramadan on dignity in islam we had 12 lectures on dignity in islam i will try to summarize that maybe in just two lessons maybe maximum three uh, because we have to continue with other values in the quran we have some terms which are very much related to this discussion one is izzah and izzah can be used in different forms there are many derivatives in the quran we have izzah we have aziz we have aaz okay we have to'izzu so we have different forms of the same root one is izzah another is karama we have karim we have karamna we have karamta we have akram okay and these are two major concepts that are used to refer to dignity and honor maybe there are some other also terms but these two seem to be the main ones when you study the quran you find that the root azaza azaza which is the root for aziz azza is sulasi mujarrat azaza has been used in a form or another in different derivatives 119 times 119 times 
Pardon? In the Quran, yes. Al-Aziz itself has been used 92 times. 92 times Al-Aziz. And Azizan without Alif and Lam, seven times. So 99 times is just Al-Aziz and Azizan. So means great percentage of the occurrences is Aziz. And among these cases, most of the time it's used for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But not always. Because in the Quran, sometimes Aziz is used, for example, like Emra'atul Aziz or Ya Ayyuhal Aziz. Ya Ayyuhal Aziz is for Yusuf alayhi salam. Emra'atul Aziz, Zulaikha. So, sometimes it is used for people other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but most of the time it is used for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, let us see what is the meaning of Aziz. If you refer to Lisanul Arab, Lisanul Arab is one of the very important sources for understanding Arabic terms by Ibn Manzur. Please go to library and see Lisanul Arab and touch it. At least touch it. <laughs> so that you have a feeling about this book. It's 20 volumes in, in some of the editions. It's 20 volumes. Some editions might be different. Ibn Manzur. Another book to touch <laughs> is Mufradat. Mufradat al-Gharaib al-Quran by Raghib al-Swahani. And the other one is Majma'ul Bahrain. Majma'ul Bahrain is especially compiled for the words which are used in Quran and Hadith by Turayhi. Majma'ul Bahrain. In Lisanul Arab, quotes from Zajjaj. Zajjaj. Uh, literally means a person who sells glass from Zajaj. Zajaj means the one who sells glasses. But it's a name of a person uh, who was expert in Arabic. He says, Huwa al-Aziz al-Mumtani'ah. The reason I am spending time on explaining this is because I want you yourself understand how to refer to these books and how to understand this. Because in Jose, we don't just give fish. Yeah, we teach people how to fish. Okay? So, Hual Aziz Al Aziz in Arabic literally means al-mumtana'ah. Mumtana'ah here doesn't mean mumtana in philosophy and logic. In philosophy and logic, mumtana means impossible. We have muhal and mumtana. Here mumtana means something which refuses to be affected. Al-mumtana'ah fala yaghlibuhu shay'un. 
So Aziz is something or someone that refuses to be affected and to be defeated, to be overcome. or Nothing can overcome it. This is the meaning of Aziz. Okay? So this is different from Aziz that today it said, you know, Aziz means my dear. Aziz means someone or something which is strong and resistant. Okay? وَقَالَ غَيْرُهُ means people other than Zajjaj. Who is saying this? Lisanul Arab. Ibn Manzur in Lisan. Huwal Qavi. Al Ghalibu Kullashay. Aziz is the one who is powerful, is strong, and Al Ghalib means Yaglibu. Overcomes, defeats everything else. So Aziz means powerful. Okay? So Zajjaj said Aziz is Mumtane, resistant. He, this one is saying he's strong and powerful. Okay? Then he says, Al-Izzu fil-Asl al-Quwwatu wal-Shiddatu wal-Ghalaba. Izza. Okay? In principle, it means, or in origin means, power, as intensity, strength, and overcoming. In Mufradat, this is also another book which our ulama very much use. This is especially about the words which are used in the Quran. Mufradat or Qara'ib al-Quran by Ibn Raghib al-Isfahani. He says, Al-Izzah halatun Mani'atun lil insan min an yughlab. Izza is a condition that stops man, human being, to be defeated, to be overcome. So if you have Izza, you will not be defeated. And it comes from Ardun Azaz, uh, Arab people. They used to call a piece of land which is very strong and hard and water cannot go inside. Okay? Ardun Azaz. Awaz from Izza. So it means it's not possible to penetrate. Al Aziz Alladhi Yaghir Wala Yughar. Overcomes but is not overcome. And then in Majma al Bahrain, other books, I have all the references here, but I think it gives you some ideas that Izza is a condition that brings with itself, it has this at least either indication or connotation of a strength of resistance in the sense of not being affected, not being influenced, and overcoming, not being overcome, not being defeated. Okay? So it means strong, solid, powerful, resistant. This is Aziz, Ezza. Okay? This is Ezza. In the Quran, 
we find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Aziz. Tens of verses says Allah is Aziz. Inshallah, I will refer to them. And also, Izza comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't look for Izza in any other place. Izza comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there is no black market. <laughs> you cannot find Izza in any place. Izza is only original. And comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Some people try to present you fake Izza. But it doesn't work. I don't know where it is made. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. Man kana yuridul izza. Anyone who is looking for izza, if you want to find izza, okay? Falillahi al-izzatu jamia. Let me give you peace of mind. All izza is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Falillahi al-izzatu jamia. What does it mean? It means that then we cannot have any izza. No, it means that he is the source of Izzah. And if you want Izzah, you have to go to him. It doesn't mean that you cannot have Izzah. It means that he has the Izzah. He is the source and you go to him. Okay, don't waste your time looking for Izzah anywhere else. A good, pure word, which is aqidah, proper belief, rises towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yas'ad means ascends. Ascends towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Your aqidah ascends. وَالْعَمَلُ الصَّالِحُ يَرْفَعُهُ and righteous deed raises your aqidah. There is a beautiful discussion here. I don't go into the discussion. I think we discussed it maybe last year. So we don't need to repeat. And we don't have time. So if you want to get to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has the source, who is the source of izzah, you need al-kalimu tayyib, you need proper aqidah, and you need amal salih. Okay? One of them ascends and one of them takes you lift, gives you lift. Another ayah is Surah Nisa 139. al-kafirin those who choose and adopt Al-Kafirin. Who are Kafirin? Who are Kafirin? We have explained this before. Uh, those who reject the truth. Those who deny the truth after knowing it. It's not that every person who doesn't have faith is kafir. 
most of the time as Allah Tabatabais is Al-Mizan, volume one, most of the time in the Quran, Kafir is used in the sense of Kufr al-Juhud. Those who deny and reject the truth. Okay. What does adopting Kafirin as awliya mendun al-mu'minin mean? Some people make mistakes. It means that if you befriend people who have no faith, means yattakhidun al-kafirin awliya mendun al-mu'minin. No. This is much more complicated. This needs to explain the concept of wilaya. And what does wilaya mean? Briefly, just I tell you the result. This ayah refers to the people that they ally with people who are against the truth and against the haq, against justice, against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who become allies of them instead of being allies of the people who work for haq, work for Allah, work for truth. It's not a matter of just friendship or saying salam to each other or, you know, drinking tea together. It's not a matter of that. It's a matter of forming a party that works for certain causes and aims and objectives. Okay? Velaya is such an important concept. Anyway, some people, unfortunately, when they want Izza, what they do? They say, in the camp of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in the party of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and haq, and truth, and justice, there is only poverty, for example, or, don't know, or you know, not sophisticated weapons, I don't know, not, for example, you know, uh, luxurious things, not many numbers, not many funding. So, they think by associating themselves with the opposite party, they can be important, they can be promoted, they can have strength, they can have Ezza. But Allah says this is wrong. Don't think by, for example, imagine in the time of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. If you were with Quraysh, you had camels and horses and best swords and money, best food, best supply, everything. If you were with Rasulullah, hunger, thirst, walking instead of riding, <laughs> maybe every 10 people had one sword. There was a time it was like this. Yeah? Quraysh were very important people. All other nations knew about Quraysh. They had, you know, business relations, many things. So, it was a misconception that some people had that instead of joining Rasulullah and his party, they should join Quraysh and then they will have all the good things, all the Izzah. Okay? So, this of course applies also to today's situation, but Alhamdulillah now we are not that desperate in the army of Haq, but still, when it comes to worldly things, it's not the same. It's still in the world, the things that, but, but Alhamdulillah, there is no hunger and thirst. Alladina yattakhidun al kafirin awliya amandun al mu'minin ayabtaguna indahumul izzah. Are you seeking dignity by associating yourself with them? 
This is wrong. Izza is only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't get it from any other place because there is no such a thing there. Surah Yunus verse 65. Sometimes people unfortunately ridicule mu'mineen. They even ridiculed prophets. They made mockeries of the prophets. They said they are majnoon, they are, I don't know, uh, mad, whatever. Okay? They said bad things. Don't feel sad. Don't let what they say make you sad. What they say shouldn't make you sad and grieve. Why? Why? The honor and dignity belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of it, jami'an, all of it. Did they harm Rasulullah's izzah? No. Allah is hearing what they say. And he knows. They cannot do anything against the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay. I think I stop here and inshallah we continue our discussion about Izzah and honor. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us from his Izzah and dignity inshallah in dunya and akhirah. Wa akhiru da'wan and alhamdulillah rabbil alameen.